Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unaired. I'm Ed, and we have a very special guest this week. Hello. This is the part where I'm supposed to have a, a, a introduction for myself, isn't it? Yes. Oh, guesting so fun. My name's Gavin. I host a porn podcast in which me and my roommate review really bad stuff we find on Amazon, and then I post stupid crap on Twitter for my own personal uses. Yes, it's a very it's a very good podcast. It is uh, the Red Light Library. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely check that out. Um, we'll have all the plugs at the end. <laughs> uh, so this week we covered coupling, not the good one. Not, we not covered, a, yeah. We covered the U.S. remake. So oh. yeah, it was it was not great. You know what? What the most amazing thing about this remake is that Stephen Moffat of Doctor Who fame created the original coupling. And then he got an executive producer and created by credit on the American one. So he was making money twice. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, like, I feel like the meeting probably went like this. Hey, we're going to give you an executive producer credit. I mean, I, do I have to? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you could just not. Yeah. Can I Can I Alan Smithy this? Is that at all possible? Yeah. I'll just use a pen name. <laughs> <laughs> So, a little bit about the show. It was on NBC. They produced 11 episodes, but uh, seven were left unaired. It literally ran a month before they pulled it. Originally, so I found this out uh, like a couple minutes ago. Originally, they had a completely different cast, oh. and Brecken Meyer was like Jeff. So. Oh, poor Brecken Meyer. I mean, good for Brecken Meyer, but also poor Brecken Meyer. He doesn't get yeah. anything. He doesn't. Well, he did, and then he didn't. <laughs> yeah, like he—he's got what has he got? He's got the Garfield movie and uh, the Garfield movie sequel, and then a Tale Robot of Two Chicken. Kitties. Yeah, uh, a the, Tale of Two Kitties. The greatest name for a Garfield movie ever. The show that proved to me John Cleese will say yes to literally anything if it pays. Oh, of course. So I think one thing—one thing we should probably mention here is that coupling was supposed to be the next Friends. It it very much was like it even aired on the same night as Friends, like it was one of their uh, Thursday shows. Yeah, must see TV Thursday. Oh yeah, which the is ba- going to come back in a little bit. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I will say I do not remember like every detail. My notes are a little like wonky just because I like took them real quick. Oh, but, you're you're in you're in for a treat then because I took way too many notes. Oh, that's wonderful. So like, feel free to interrupt me anytime. Alrighty. Because like, I just kind of wrote down quotes and didn't say who they were attributed to. So, <laughs> so it was a very uh, loosey goosey. It was more of a wow, like I want to jab nails in my ears. Of course. Yeah. So, uh, the episode starts off with Sally and Susan, and. She's getting ready for a date, and, well, Susan is, and Sally's just like, oh, maybe he's going to propose, and then we cut to Jeff and Jack. I want to say it was Jack. Uh, the guy from Better Off Tad? Yes. Steve. Steve. Well, definitely not even close. <laughs> they're, all, they're all just bland white guy names. Exactly. Especially Jane. Jane is a very bland white guy name. Yes. <laughs> so... Jeff and Steve, which, by the way, Jay Harrington is Steve, like you, like you mentioned, but the mm-hmm. guy from Better Off's Head. 
which made me kind of sad, but also happy that he got better off Ted after this. Yeah, there, there's two actors in this. You're like, oh, that's what they did before they were mildly successful later. Right. Like, I was just like, oh. <laughs> Seeing Colin Ferguson spin his wheels in this was just painful. Yeah, like, I was very confused because I was like, I recognize him from somewhere. And I was like, that's the Eureka guy. He's actually good. Yeah. Like I said, Eureka. And it was like, <laughs> no, that's where he's from. And then whoever was in charge of canceling Eureka just laughed evilly. Exactly. So uh, that's when we cut to Steve and Jeff. And he's like, oh, so like you're going to dump her. So it was kind of like this like back and forth of like yeah. two opposing sides. And, and of course, we, the oh, hilarious thing is it's because she didn't wear panties that he couldn't dump her the night before. Right. Well, that's when uh, he goes to see uh, Jane. Jane. Yeah. Because they reveal that, like, these two aren't going on a date with each other. It's that uh, Susan is going on a date with Patrick, who is Colin Ferguson. Yes. And Steve is going on a date with Jane. Sorry, like, there's so many names. My brain is, like... There's only like, there's only six of them, but they blend together so much. Exactly. It's like I need, like, a corkboard with red strings, kind of, like, to decipher who's who. So, that's when we get the whole, like reason that he couldn't break up with her before mm. steve and jeff are talking about how like she didn't wear panties and every time that they try and break up she's like oh let's like have sex instead so it's it's kind of going along he manages to like get through it and say like hey i don't think we should be together anymore and she says which i i like this little exchange yeah granted this is probably like what was in the british version the whole, you can't just abandon ship when things get tough. That's not what they did on the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. That, they stuck that, it out to the very end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, they never let go. And so Susan and Patrick, it's cutting between them. And she's, like, breaking it off with Patrick. And there's this whole exchange about how, like, they weren't really exclusive. Or at least she didn't think they were. Mm-hmm. But Patrick did. And then he, like, drops this whole thing like, oh, well, you know what? I I felt something with this other girl I've been seeing. And she freaks out saying, like, well, I mean, you thought you were being faithful, so that was cheating. Because women in sitcoms. Am I right, guys? <laughs> Generic women. <laughs> women be cray. That's just, that's just, well, that's just Stephen Moffat anyway, but I don't want to get any Doctor Who fans pissed off right now. <laughs> Yeah, that's like what that's another thing that threw me off about this whole show is that it was Stephen Moffat. Like, I didn't realize that at first, especially since the protagonist character, because like, I guess not protagonist, but I feel Steve is like the air quotes main character. He just named him after himself. (laughs) Exactly. And like he's I'm pretty sure Susan is based off his wife and I'm pretty sure it's like the same exact name, too. It must also be noted, this episode's title is The Right One, which is weird because no one really ever does find the right one. Yeah, it's kind of like this weird, like, I feel like it's just going to devolve into this weird eyes wide shut orgy. Yeah. Where, like, towards the end of the show, everybody's just, like, fucking each other. There's a, there's a, uh, and it, I, I run a, I, I review porn on a weekly basis, so I, I want to, I just want to say that right here when I say, there's a lot of sex. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of discussion of sex. And I, I even remember when I was younger, uh, who, owned, who which what's NBC's morning show today? I think there's a show. Yeah, today. Um, 
I remember watching the Today Show as Friends was dying off and Coupling was being like, hey, we're here. Uh, there was a big thing about um, Coupling is the new show that might just take the throne from Friends, but some people are having problems with how much sex is in it. And then it just cuts to a, you know, middle-aged white woman from Midwest America. There's a lot of sex in it. There's a lot of sex in Coupling. More sex than Seinfeld. And even as a kid, I was like, there wasn't that much sex in Seinfeld. There was like maybe a scene of, like maybe the masturbation episode was the ma- pretty much it, as far as it got. And her and Elaine discussing who's sponge-worthy. That's it. Exactly. This one is just like, and she wasn't wearing panties, and then I saw her vagina, and we're going to cut you off before you say vagina, but... It was going to be sad. Exactly. And then it's like, oh, well, we're going to hop into this bathroom stall and fuck. Yeah, like, everyone's motivation is sex. That's it. There's no outward motivation. That's literally, like, the whole show. So, kind of going back to that, uh, when he's about to break up with uh, Tanya, she brings up, oh, well, uh, or not Tanya. Sorry, I don't know why I have Tanya written down here. When, <laughs> that's a random name. That I is. Think there was a Tanya would, in the show. It would fit that character too. It would. So, um, after Steve like starts walking away from Jane, she goes, "Oh well, you know, it's kind of sad. I thought we could try that threesome that one time." Mm-hmm. And he like he gets dragged back in. He's like, "Oh shit!" And, and of course, the next logical step is go to the women's room. Yeah. Exactly. They go into the women's restroom, and they about to bang in the bathroom stall. Only, Steve doesn't have a condom. Wah, wah. And then, he uh, calls up Jeff, and turns out Jeff has a condom. Which, this line is, like, literally, like, almost exactly something that happened in Friends. Yeah. The whole, like, he goes, oh, yeah, I have a condom in my uh, wallet. I've had it there since college. It's good luck charm. Which, yeah, and, then, and then Steve goes, you, you, but you haven't used it. Exactly. And he's like, well, I guess it's not good luck. <laughs> I did think that was funny, but that's pretty much what happens with Chandler and friends. Yeah, like, he, There's basically. an episode where he's just like, yeah, I've had a condom in my wallet since college. Jeff here is played by the other Moynihan, Christopher Moynihan, whose Wikipedia page is quite sad, given that his brother is, I think, the longest running Saturday Night Live comedian ever. Uh, you just blew he, my mind because I did not make the connection that those two were related. It, if it's not, if he is not related to Bobby Moynihan, they're they have very close names. <laughs> they do, and they kind of look similar too. Yeah, that's the other thing that tips me off to it. Uh, he's not bad. It's like someone told him that you're gonna be the Chandler of this, and he took that to full bore, um, which then leads into the next like the next scene kind of sort of it's one thing that I I had a problem with is there's this bar that's supposed to be their central perk. Right. But it's the size of a warehouse. It's so big. You can move the camera around and it feels like a different building. Like Uh, they basically had a living room. Yeah. They they thought this was going to be their set. They wouldn't need a bunch of like house sets. They would just stay at the damn bar. Um, So he runs over to uh, Patrick who's he's not met before and asks if you have a condom, and Patrick immediately responds, yes, I do, and hands him one, which prompts Sally to ask him, do you know that guy? Like, yeah. you didn't ask him what he was going to use that for, and Patrick just responds, I never met him before, and I'm pretty sure I know what he's going to use it for. <laughs> right, water balloons. Yeah, of course. 
But now that you mentioned the whole thing about the bar, I'm realizing that the apartment sets were actually very, very small. Yeah. Like when they're playing Xbox later on, like it's literally just like a couch. And that's and about the width of the room. And this is where I bust out my uh, uh, my British nerd uh, side of things. When Friends filmed somewhere, they would uh, either use the, the back lot because they were filming in California or they would um they would just make a set this one uses the the british kind of style of you film with sitcom tv cameras for the bar and the restaurant set they had and anything else was either filmed on a back lot with an actual film camera or they went to someone's actual i don't think that bedroom set was a set i think that was like a room of one of the crews <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's like hey yo bob can we, uh, can we crash at your place tonight? Can we drill a lot of holes in your drywall? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're just going to cover it all in gaffer's tape. And there's another weird thing that comes across the Atlantic with um, with Stephen Moffat, I guess, not really being a director or anything, but there's a lot of weird close-ups. UK comedies like to employ close-ups a lot because it's kind of like tradition in filmmaking there i guess i don't know why it happens but there's a lot of really tight close-ups of people's faces for no reason right and the worst laugh track i've heard in a while oh my god it's horrible it's it's almost as bad as the laugh track on the american it crowd pilot yeesh oh i haven't watched that yet. that's an upcoming episode though oh, that, that, you'll have fun with that one. Oh god so <laughs> So this, uh, I guess we're we're mounting up to one of the funnier bits in the episode after uh, he gets the condom. Right. Do you want to like go on with that? Because I don't have the notes on that one. Sure. So um, it cuts back to uh, the bat, the women's room, which looks like a room with two doors that wasn't painted yet, and they said we'll just say it's a women's room. Uh, it's very small for a bar that size. It has two stalls. That's it. And one of them has the worst out of order sign ever. It's like from a Looney Tunes skit. Yeah. So Steve is, uh, he sneaks out of the stall and leaves his uh, almost ex in there to just kind of sit. And in walks, not Sally. Susan. Oh boy. Susan. In walks Susan because it's a women's room and why not? Uh, they have a conversation. Somehow he manages to talk her into going out on a date. And uh, he's like, I'm single. And at that exact second, Jeff bursts in the door with holding out a bright red condom going, here. Yeah. <laughs> and he just slowly takes it. And uh, as per sitcom logic, she doesn't actually find this weird. Uh, and I think then, she does ask about it. And he says, like, it's been a while or something like that. Yeah, like, he just, he needs one. Um, and then she tries to use the stall that currently Sally is sitting in and there's a little cut too where it's like Sally playing on her phone uh like playing snake or something so that she doesn't overhear this conversation in which her boyfriend picks up another chick in a women's room in a bar literally like two feet from her yeah like two feet from her and she's also kind of sort of the Joey of the show in that she's oblivious to everything uh I kind of picked that, and you can only really pick that up because I watched a few more episodes. In the first one, no one knows what they're doing. So, his way of getting into the stall with Susan, to get Susan out of the bathroom and to get into the stall with Sally, is he says, I'm using it. And she's like, what? And he goes, I had to take a break. Yeah. It's rough going in there. And then he just ducks into the bathroom stall, and they immediately start going at it. 
Like, it's only by the grace of the script that Susan walks out. <laughs> yeah. Like, if she had waited, like, a millisecond more, she would have heard some weird shit. Yeah. Which, I'm... Whatever. Like, there's not enough room in there to have sex, but whatever. It was a surprisingly spacious stall, though. Well, you gotta fit a camera in there somehow, you know? Oh, of course. <laughs> so, that's when uh, it cuts to commercial. Yeah, we're halfway through at this point. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> And it cuts back to their apartment, and Jeff and Steve are playing Halo 1 on Xbox. Of course. Do you think that they got paid to do that? Probably not. Probably not. Microsoft isn't super friendly with Universal and GE, so I think it was more of, hey, what's a game the kids are playing right now? What game is in this random crew member's house that they have? (laughs) Hey, hey, Bob, can we turn on your Xbox? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, just don't delete my saves. This is one of the better... Uh, instances where sitcom people use video game controllers and you just don't hear clackety clack 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 of them just randomly moving buttons around. Right. Or like the equivalent of like, oh, I'm a hacker and you just like slam on the keyboard. He just like starts, they when you know it's bad when they start lifting the controller up to imitate a turn or doing something like, ooh, ah, ooh. Action. Yeah. Only time that's acceptable is with a Wiimote. Yes. Which, which you know, we never really saw the rise of the Wii in sitcoms and, like, American television, even though that would have been, like, rife for jokes for days. Right. Like, the only thing you see that in is, like, the Big Bang Theory. Which, which is, ugh. yeah, horrible. It's like, wow, I'm a nerd. I have a Nintendo. I just, I really don't know how NBC thought they could pin everything on this show. I don't know, man. <laughs> it feels so rushed. Like, when you bring up that they were recast, that, that makes clear something I found out earlier. Uh, which ones are they? Uh, both Sally, or not Sally, she goes on to be in Lost, so she has at least somewhat of a career. But um, Susan is played by a woman named Rena Sofer, and uh, Lindsay Price plays Jane. Both of them are pulled straight out of the soap opera circuit. So that tells me someone went, we need, we need two, we need two brunettes now. And they went, we have afternoons free. (laughs) (laughs) What even happens to, oh, the, the big thing in the office building. Oh yeah. So while they're playing Halos, the Halos, the, um, Steve asks Jeff about Susan. Yes. And brings up the fact that Jeff and Susan almost eat before. Yeah. And then in the next scene is when Jeff and Susan are talking. Uh, Susan and Jeff are co-workers. Yes. And she asks about Steve, and he brings up the fact that they're porn buddies, which he explains is, oh, so if like one of us dies, we get the porn out of all the other's apartments. And this part kind of made me giggle a little. He's just yeah, like, a little funny. I feel like this might be another, you know, from the UK. Yeah. He's just like, she's like appalled. She's like, you just like throw out all his porn. He goes, well, I didn't say we throw it out. (laughs) I think the, I think the line is something like, I mean, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a good news, bad news situation. I mean, your friend's dead, but (laughs) yeah. Which like in a modern day sitcom that wouldn't really work. It'd be like, oh, I'll just clear your history for you. Yeah. I would just clear his history. Yeah. And it's done. No joke. So Susan basically says, like, hey, Jeff, are you just trying to scare me away from asking him out or having, like, you talk to him for me Mm -hmm. because you and I almost, like, had sex once? 
And that's when it's revealed that he was the one that kind of like choked and didn't go through with it. Quite literally, he passes out. Exactly. So this is when it cuts back to the apartment and Steve's there, which he basically just like resides in an apartment and a bar from what I understand, like doesn't even like leave those two places. So he calls and asks Susan out. And then after she says yes, he calls to break up with Jane over the phone and leaves a message. And he says something along the lines of, you know, you're wonderful and a man would be crazy not to want to spend the rest of his life with you. And then it says, Beep, message, message full. full. Yep. <laughs> Tape full. Please hang up. <laughs> you know, parsing through this, uh, looking at it with, uh, with a sober eye, uh, that is a bedroom set, but they film it in such a way it just feels like it's not an important set at all. What does Steve have? Steve has one of those wall-high record collections in the year 2000. His and entire he- apartment <laughs> is just records. That's it. Oh, and some 8-tracks. Oh, gotta have the 8-tracks. You think I mean, maybe he was like a proto-hipster? Like, this is where they all got it from? They're just oh, like, wait, oh, I see vinyl. some books. I see, he's got at least four books I can count <laughs> at least four books yeah so then this uh, escalates to the restaurant which is one of the weirdest looking restaurant sets i've ever seen like there's this big like divider wall uh that see through between where the table everyone stands around is and like the entrance area so there's this weird like disconnect of like extras walking by in the background um so the, the basically this whole episode is set up so that all six of these people become friends at the end of it. So Steve is there at this restaurant waiting for a date. Jeff shows up and then everyone else shows up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And like they go through about how like Jane is like insane basically because the way she found him is that he didn't pick up his phone. So she basically like called around to every restaurant in yeah. the city to find him. There is and, one there's one good joke here. Uh Jeff sits down in front of Steve and Steve goes, uh, what are you doing here? I have a date and Jeff goes, I won't be long, and then he immediately turns to a waiter who's walking by and goes, What are your specials? Yeah. Uh, there's little so, glimmers of comedy here. Just like yeah, exactly. Like little like rays of hope that could have been, but weren't. They definitely weren't. It's like whoever wrote those jokes should have short the whole script. It feels like this scene is just mounting up to the eventual flash. Like the the driving force of this scene is we're getting to the point where Susan shows her boob to literally the entire cast and a waiter and a, and a waiter because <laughs> because the only way to set up a quote strong because her whole, the whole point of her character is she's strong she didn't take no guff from nobody like she's the she's the sassy smart one so she doesn't mind showing her right tit to the entire crew including her ex and people she doesn't know. Right, some crazy lady who... Some crazy lady. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that whole thing where they all kind of, like, meet up in the restaurant. And uh, Steve ends up finally getting Jane to break up with him because she's like, oh, you're on a date with another woman? I can't have this. Bye. Yeah. And he does this whole, like, that's all it took? Ha, ha, ha. Laugh track. (laughs) Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. So, uh, oh, and Patrick and Sally, the reason they're at that restaurant is because they're actually on a date together, mm-hmm. which apparently this is the only restaurant in this city. Yeah, Chicago has one restaurant. It wasn't too hard for her to, um, for 
Jane to find him. She just called that one restaurant. Yeah. Also, just one thing that kind of irked me is it took me uh, about... It took me three episodes of watching the horrible animated intro to realize that coupling is supposed to take place in Chicago. Yeah, see, I thought it was New York. Yeah, because Friends is so New York. It's like, that's the New York show. But then this show, which is like, we're in Chicago. Uh, 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 Lakeshore Drive's a thing. Ha ha. (laughs) Yeah. And like, this is like going back to the intro. Like the theme song is like, literally the same as uh the uk version too like they literally just lifted that whole show and the name of the song is perhaps 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 like ugh, yeah so bad it's it's bad enough i showed it to my my uh my girlfriend mentioning what i was doing today and as soon as she heard that she's like i watched that (laughs) like it it surfaced and remember like oh my god you just like brought up her repressed memory of coupling (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to go get her dinner tonight just to offset that now, I guess. <laughs> so, basically, this whole thing culminates, like you said earlier, to uh, her showing her boob to everybody. So, she wanted, like, everybody to kind of leave. And was yeah. like, what do I need to do to get you to leave? Beg? Show you a breast? And Patrick and Jeff are just like, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> One breast! Yeah, exactly. And there was a funny bit there. Where um, where everybody's there except for Steve. He's yeah. standing next to Susan, and she's like, "Fine." And he kind of like weasels his way over, and he's yeah, like, "Yeah, to be part of the crowd." Yeah, he's like, "I'm the one on the date with you. I don't want to be one boob behind." Yeah. <laughs> and the only like the only other funny joke was there's like, "Do you have a preference for boob?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Steve and Jeffers like, "Nope." Patrick goes, "Left one immediately, like just for sure." Yeah, without a beat. He's like, trust and they look me. At, yeah, he goes, trust me. And she goes, what do you mean? What's wrong with the right one? He goes, come on, don't be like that. There has to be a second place. Yeah. <laughs> he was, I feel like he was partially like the Joey of this to, like too. Yeah, he's, he's kind of like not smart, but also sexually successful. Yeah, because he always like tried to like flirt with Sally when he was alone with her in the beginning. They also give him, like, sex superpowers. Like, I skip forward to episode 10 for a bit, and there's a scene where they're in a diner, uh, and Jeff is giving this rant about, like, how he thinks women's underwear have been shrinking at such a rate that by 2026 there won't be any underwear. And he goes, case in point, the thong. And then out of nowhere, Patrick just goes, yeah, there's six in here right now. <laughs> and they just kind of pause, and you're like, damn, you're good. And uh, at one point, Susan walks in, says something to Steve, and they walk away from the table. And, and Patrick just goes seven. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think maybe like this like ties in somehow? There's gonna all be a prequel to X Men, and it turns out he's just <laughs> a, a mutant with the very oddly specific power. Magneto, what are you doing with that mutant who can detect underwear? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Or like Matt, (laughs) Professor X like rolls in. He goes, there's one. (laughs) He is Professor X. Pretty much. A very specific Professor X. A very specific. It's not, it's not Cerebro. It's just like you stick the word panty with O at the end or something in there. I am Pantio. Pantio. He's Sexman. There we go. Sexman. Yes, that's how, and that's how we worked a bad Patrick Stewart impression into discussing a crappy comedy exactly yay just a normal 
Thursday night. So she's showing Lefty to the group, uh, and her, like, the gag is that she closes her shirt, and as she does, it reveals that there was a waiter staring, too, and she just goes, table for six, Steve asks why, and she goes, we're on our first date, that's when you're supposed to learn the best and worst about someone, so why, might as well invite all of them to the table. <laughs> Which, like, is kind of the opposite of what a first date is. Yeah, you're supposed to lie about a lot of stuff. <laughs> exactly. You're supposed to be like, oh, yeah, I'm... I'm sussing out who you are. You're sussing out who I am. Right. It's like three dates in where you're just like, oh, by the way, like, my best friend and your best friend went on a date. By the way, my best friend is a raging pervert. Yeah. Also, so am I. The end. <laughs> Which, I want to go back to the waiter for a sec. Yeah. What a, do you think they had a casting call for like a specific height waiter? Yes. They had to have. They like brought the blouse in and they're just like, hold on, hold it up to him. Next. Pulling it up right now. This dude looks like he's wearing what he took to the casting call. It's just like a, a button up shirt and a tie. It's, he doesn't look very waitery. Well, he's an actor, so he's coming from his other job. Come on, man. I, I, you know what? I'm going to pass up on this audition for what is this show called? How I Met Your Mother. Oh, that stupid coupling. Coupling's where it's at. Yeah, they already got a TV show out of it. So, like, this is going to be a success. <laughs> Remakes always work. And then I got an audition for Joey right after. Man, Joey's going to be a hit. I hear Chandler <laughs> might be on it in the next season. <laughs> if Matthew Perry can lose the weight again. <laughs> I will say that we never got to find out which of these people is on cocaine just by monitoring their weight yo-yoing between seasons. That's true. God, that was such a rough transition for Chandler. Yeah, I mean, Matthew Perry is a great comedic actor, but that dude had to go through a lot. And it says a lot about this show that we're now talking about the actors from a completely different show. (laughs) Which is sad because, like, one of my episode pitches brings in the actors from a different show just to distract. Oh, I love it. So So I think that we finished the episode synopsis pretty much. Yeah, so uh, what kind of episodes do you think we would have seen had this actually, by some horrible miracle, made it past those four episodes or the 11 episodes? As a as a as a, someone who's seen way too many sitcoms for his own good, I feel there are three kinds of episodes that really shine. Uh, there's the bottle episode in which nothing really happens, like you could have skipped it. Uh, and that I, to to give an example, if you've watched a lot of Friends, there was that episode where Chandler got trapped in a uh, 24/7 ATM vestibule. My mind immediately went to that the one yeah. with Jill Goodacre. I yeah, was like, where he's like on the cell phone. That's that's a bottle episode because nothing comes of that. So I thought a decent one of those would be through a series of misunderstandings, Jeff and Patrick uh, somehow become trapped in Jane's bathroom. So they can and her, I, I imagine this bathroom is one of those ones that connects to both like the living area and the bedroom. So there's two doors, uh, which opens up a lot of like play between who's in what room of the apartment. So basically they're trapped in the apartment and she doesn't know they're there. Uh, and then... Um, Steve comes back and Steve is on the date with Susan or wait, why am I saying Jane? I think I, Oh, I was, (laughs) yeah. So Steve comes back and he's on a date with Jane. Um, and they're at her apartment. And as a result, he finds out there in the bathroom and tells them like, it's okay. I'm going to get things together and sort it out so that you can escape. 
So they're like desperately listening to the door waiting. And the gag of the episode is, uh, I even say, yeah, through like some inner monologue, we hear Steve think. And Steve is super into the idea that his best friends are listening to him lay down his smoothest moves to get laid. (laughs) So he intentionally keeps staging it so that something is blocking the bathroom door or like he keeps mentioning the bathroom to scare them. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's how he gets off. And then I had an idea for a season finale. Um, Patrick and Jane, they're stood up by their respective dates. Like They're going to go on a double date. They get stood up. So it's Patrick and Jane who have, you know, a past. Uh, and the hilarious interaction is they just have a beef with each other and they're constantly bickering and arguing about their relationship. But accidentally throughout the course of the episode, they actually have a really nice date. They're just bitching and moaning the whole time. Like... Uh, they talk about their mutual interests. They go through a walk through the park. They ride like a uh, horse carriage or something. They get a cup of coffee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then it, uh, after the final commercial break, they, uh, they, they, they're outside Jane's apartment. Uh, they're still arguing. She like just kind of screams in frustration, looks at the ground, looks back up at Patrick and invites him in for a nightcap. And the, uh, the episode ends with a pan up to the bedroom and the lights going out. The audience loses their shit because now... Patrick and Jane are back to boning again, even though they're in relationships with other people. Right. Because I feel like this would be the perfect season finale for coupling. Like, this is where they would go. Someone's going to cheat on somebody. Oh, yeah. It's all about sex. Gotta have infidelity. And sitcom audiences love people who were together getting back together. Like, they're obsessed with that crap. They could be the Ross and Rachel of this show. Exactly. Now, my final pitch is for Sweeps Week, which is when you got the weirdest and best episodes of any sitcom, Friends especially. Like, that's when suddenly Bruce Willis shows up, or, like, Brad Pitt is Rachel's boyfriend for an episode. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, my Sweeps Week episode, it opens with Steve expressing his excitement over Susan finally accepting him having broken up with her, as I believe this would be a running gag. Like, they would bring it back that she thinks they're dating again a few times over. I'm just going to stop you real quick. Uh, You mixed up Jane and Susan. Jane and Susan, yeah. Um, So, Jane thinks they're still dating. um, And... uh, Hang on. No, Sally. I had I had them all mixed up. Sally. <laughs> Sally still thinks her and she's dating Steve because I think that's the running gag. She's so stupid she forgot she broke up with him. Blah blah blah. Uh, only four hours after um, they have an argument and she realize like he makes her realize they're broken up. Four hours after that, uh, Sally shows up with a new boyfriend played by or boyfriend named Danny played by and I had to really pull for like a, a popular early 2000s celebrity who would just cause the audience to freak out. So Danny played by celebrity guest star Colin Farrell with a really thick Irish accent. That um, is quite the pull. <laughs> I want, I want like, I want a scene with him with a shirt off for some reason. Like you got to see this huge hunk of an Irish man. Um, the second commercial break ends. We come back. Steve's pacing back and forth in front of the, his couch in his apartment. All the other male characters are there. Steve's ranting about, like, four hours. Who gets anything done in four hours? You get a joke from Pat Patrick, like, I can't even get out of bed that fast or whatever. Yeah. Um, Jeff tries to talk him down by saying, like, come on, man. Like, you didn't want to date her. Like, who cares if she's dating an attractive man? And Steve says something about he's a threat to the entire masculinity of the fi- of, uh, of Chicago. Um, and it does a hard cut to Jeff meeting Danny and then it jumps back to the apartment and it's Jeff pacing <laughs> and Jeff's like, he's got to go. 
So basically, the the joke of the episode is that Danny is this super masculine like threat to all these other like whiny ass male protagonists they've got. Uh, and given that it's an early two thousands sitcom, that could go either way. It could either reveal that Danny's not straight or that Danny's got ED, something like that. You gotta you gotta kill off Danny some way. Yeah, pretty much. But Just... that's my that's my pitches for where coupling could have gone. Those were fantastic. I can only hope that in the episode where uh, all of the, what was it, Jeff and Patrick are trapped in the bathroom. Yeah. I can only hope that they don't realize that there's another door. Yeah. <laughs> and they kind of just like stayed in the bathroom the whole time. But yeah, so my pitch is I only have two. So I feel like there could be an episode that kind of pokes fun at the fact that coupling is like an unfunny version of the UK version. Yeah. So, like, Jack, not Jack. I wrote down Jack. Why did I do that? This happened uh, again. Uh, so, Steve has a cousin from England that comes over, and, like, <laughs> everybody loves him. And, like, he's telling, like, all these jokes and everything. And then when Steve tries to, like, emulate and, like, do the same jokes, they're just like, no. Not funny. Yeah, exactly. And, like, as a B story, Jeff and Jane try like dating but she ends up being a little too much for him but she won't let him break up with her <laughs> like she's like oh no we're gonna break up and she's like nah we're, we're not and he's kind of like afraid so he's like oh okay i also have an idea for a crossover episode so i looked into the the scheduling of this show mm-hmm. and it aired the same night as friends and will and oh. grace oh yeah i forgot about will and grace yeah so Jeff and Susan, I also did a little digging about, like, what their job was. And in the UK version, they didn't really, like, go into it, but they kind of hint that they're accountants. Yeah. So my idea is that Jeff and Susan are doing some bookkeeping for a marketing firm in New York, but they screw something up, so they have to fly out for a meeting with them. And when they get there, who's leading the meeting? It's Chandler from Friends. Ah, And... He brought a lawyer along. It's Will from Will and Grace. Oh. So, like, this is just, like, the Avengers of... This is the NBC cinematic universe being formed. The NBC CU. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, Samuel L. Jackson just shows up and says, I want to tell you about the CBS initiative. <laughs> oh, ew. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, uh... That Those are my pitches. You know, actually, this reminds me, there is a link between this show and another failed sitcom, or not even really a sitcom, a, a comedy show. Uh, the director of all 11 episodes, Andrew D. Uh, Andrew D. Wayman, um, he's known for, he did three seasons of Roseanne, he did a season of Big Bang Theory, Two and a Half Men, he's got some directing credits under his belt. He directed Lucky Louie. Louis C.K.'s first attempt at making a show about his life was this crappy sitcom. <laughs> it ran for 12 episodes. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's it's it, it's Louis C.K. trying to take his... I think this is right after he wrote that shitty movie, Pootie Tang. And he was using the money from that to make a show, and it didn't really work. That's, like, one of those random things that, like, I constantly forget, like, that he wrote Pootie Tang. Yeah. That and, like, Quentin Tarantino ghost wrote the SNL film It's Pat. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. 
Usually when people talk about Tarantino punching something up, it's uh, Crimson Tide they talk about. Oh, I didn't know he did that. Yeah, the script was, like, quote, he punched it up, and there's a couple of scenes where the dialogue just magically gets better. (laughs) They just throw the N-word in there every two seconds. (laughs) Does does it say dead submarine storage outside? (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's going to do it. I think that'll do it. Yeah. Do you want to do a quick plug? Sure. Uh, If you want to hear about some of the weirdest and wildest stuff on the internet that people are charging for, uh, and I'm talking, like, snowmen leprechauns uh president of hell the 45th president of the united states and the current president of russia when they were in college (laughs) uh and one of my favorites a whiny dude from new jersey who won't shut up about his ex like that whole book is about him falling into an orgy and kind of literally at some points but even when he's in the middle of having sex with many people he still thinks about oh i miss susan her hair was so like (laughs) Her hair is like Susan's. Like, it's just it's the whiniest That sounds like it could ever. be an episode of this show. It could. Uh, if you want to hear about all of these and more in future, including one story where a guy gets turned into a unicorn through gay sex, not kidding. Oh uh, <laughs> the Red Light Library. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Not really. It's free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or Twitter, at Red Light Library. And my Twitter is... Um, at blowhard idiot because i just say stupid shit on twitter a lot all right so yeah follow him check out red light library it's a pretty good show um other than that uh check out our social media stuff we have a facebook we have a twitter it's at unaired podcast uh we have something else oh our website check it out unairedpodcast.com i was about to say you have a pretty nice website oh thank you yeah i have to update that for the relaunch i forgot to put the newest episode up isn't Oops. that fun? I That's... do that all the time. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and the episode's still not up, I definitely done goofed. <laughs> Throw things at Ed. Throw things at Ed. Uh, other than that, I think that's it. All righty. Uh, just remember, some things are better left unaired. Bye, guys. Bye.